know, taking on challenges is, uh, I, I actually enjoy it in this weird way because, because of that reason, like, oh, what, you know, what am I going to learn from this? I'm your host, Stephanie Capilupo, and this is Rust Belt Babes. Rust Belt Babes. Today's guest is April Ersing of AEFIT716. Her story is one of possibility. What can happen when you believe in yourself? When you leave the job that's making you miserable and when you go after something meaningful? And I think I can safely speak for everyone when I say that we all dream of doing that. And if you're brave enough to take the first step, it just might work out. Welcome, April, and thank you so much for joining me today. I kind of wanted to travel back to the beginning before you were a trainer and before you opened AE Fit and talk about where you were and how you got into fitness in the first place. Sure. Well, thank you very much for having me. So it would have been about 13 years ago now at the time uh, I was married and part owner of a coffee shop. And um, really the story kind of uh, started, uh, my mom had just recently passed away from breast cancer and it was a obviously a huge shock, uh, a very life-changing event for me. And I really wanted to take my house, my own house, a, a lot more seriously. And I was talking about working out. My husband at the time surprised me with a gift of personal training sessions. And I was a trainer who actually came into our coffee shop. And uh, I started working out a couple times a week. And uh, I, I feel like I was, I was like most people at that time. I didn't really look forward to it. You know, I needed that accountability. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And so that's really that's really how it started for me. Uh, I was seeing him I said about three times a week then for I worked out with him about for about two years. Okay. That's a really thoughtful gift to get somebody yes. personal training. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I think so too. Christmas is coming up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have <gift> certificates. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Um, so what happened with the coffee shop? Um, so at that time, so it was my, my mom had actually started the coffee shop. So my ex-husband and I had taken it over after she passed and he was much better at running a business than I was. Um, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, so after we split up, I was running it by myself for a while and I had no business background. I had really no business experience whatsoever. So I was kind of just learning as I went. And that went on for, for a few years, and I, I just really needed to change. I feel like uh, at that point, you know, the coffee shop had almost was sort of linked to my former life, um, and I, I really wanted to, to branch out on my own and, and do my own thing, so I decided to do another coffee shop. <laughs> so that business got taken over by someone else. And uh, I moved out of the neighborhood uh, that I was in at the time and moved over to, to where I live now in the Elmwood Village area and started a coffee shop in North Buffalo. And again, had no clue what I was doing. But I will say that learning through experience, I believe, is the best because you learn the very hard way uh, what you're good at, what you're not good at. 
what to do, what not to do. And those experiences were invaluable to me because of what I learned not to do. And I feel that you can only learn that through experience. So the second coffee shop I had was very short-lived, even though it was a wonderful little place, but it was only open for, for less than a year. And unfortunately, I had to close that business. And again, everything happens for a reason, um, because through that is how I started this job that I absolutely despised more than I can even fully explain, yeah. <laughs> uh, which really led me to, to going back to school and, and pursuing a, and pursuing a fitness career. Okay. So you did end up going back to school to pursue fitness. Yes. What was that like being an adult? in college versus being a teenager in college. uh, I loved it. I honestly loved it. When I went to school after, after high school, uh, just community college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I would just Mm -hmm. take random classes of things I was interested in going as an adult and having a mission and having a direction and fully believing in your path is a completely different experience. And plus you don't care what anybody thinks, you know, I'm in school, I'm almost 40. I don't care what these 18 year olds think about me. So I'm answering every question. I'm like the annoying old lady in class that's sitting in the front, you know, answering every question. Um, I loved it. It was, it was a great experience. I'm I'm glad I went later in life uh, to be quite honest with you. Sometimes I wonder what would happen for myself or even just society as a whole, if we all decided to put college off until we actually had some direction and know what we wanted to do and not be like I am in my 30s with crushing debt for a degree that I'm not using. So I think that's really awesome that you decided to, to go back and follow that path once you figured out what that path was. Yeah, it was, um, it was a great experience. It took, you know, it was a lot of sacrifice for sure. Mm -hmm. I, uh, was working, you know, throughout that, those four years, you know, two to three jobs at a time, I had gotten rid of my vehicle to cut expenses. So I was riding my bike everywhere, taking the bus everywhere, you know, this job here, that job there, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. um, and school full time, two jobs. Um, So it was a lot of work. But I felt really confident that I was on the right path. So it was totally worth it for me. Yeah, isn't it funny how once you have that path, anything that looks like an obstacle, there's a solution for. Yeah. And even, even the perspective of welcoming the challenge mm-hmm. um, because of the growth that comes from it, which is, uh, is something that I've, I've learned later in life that when challenges present themselves to take it on, knowing that there's a benefit, knowing that there's growth, knowing that in the end of that challenge, that you've grown in some way because of it. And, and so for me, you know, taking on challenges is, uh, I, I actually enjoy it in this weird way because, because of that reason, like, oh, what, you know, what am I going to learn from this? Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but, you know, how am I going to grow? Yeah, that's amazing. That's a mindset I think a lot of us can adapt into our daily life. And maybe I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> I'm going to use that. You can use that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you said you were working throughout school too. Was that also in the fitness industry or were those other jobs? Um, initially, it was not. I was waitressing 
Um, I was waitressing at the time. Prior to going back to school, as I mentioned, um, I was doing a job I really did not like. Um, <laughs> after the second coffee shop, you know, financially, I was in a pretty bad place. Um, and I was working this full-time job that it was an office job, sitting in a cubicle. And really, that prompted me to go back to school because I sat there and thought, I, I cannot do this type of work for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. What else can I do? What, what am I really into? And, you know, after I'd worked out with the trainer for a few years, um, I moved from the neighborhood and, and started working out on my own. I was going to the BAC downtown. And that's when I really started to love fitness is really when I branched out on my own. And I started just, you know, exploring different ways of working out, different types of exercises. I, I became really creative with it. I made, I made it fun for myself. And so I really got into working out. And when I was doing the office job, I said, what do I really like to do? Like more than anything, I really like working out. Why don't I look into, you know, actually pursuing that? So I would say maybe about five years into working out very regularly, you know, I thought of how, how am I going to challenge myself more? So I, I signed up for a natural fitness competition and initially, you know, just a local thing, natural, natural muscle, local thing. I thought, you know, uh, when I first signed up, you know, I'm just going to do this, I'm just going to do this for, for fun. You know, I want to see how I do. And then the more I worked at it, the more I really wanted to do well. And I really started to push myself. And I mean, I was like just eating and, and breathing for, you know, to do well in that show at that time. And it was really that show that pushed me into becoming a trainer because I was backstage at the show. I had brought my friend Rose with me and I was the only person that was back there that didn't have a trainer. I was the only person back there that had trained myself and had done all my own diet. And again, it was just a little local show, but I did well. And I, you know, I took first place in my division. And so I started thinking, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I've got something here, even though I didn't tech, have the, have the knowledge yet and the technical skills, I intuitively knew how to get my body in optimal shape to do a show and, you know, to win first place in my division without the schooling, what can I do when I actually educate myself? And by that point, I had such a passion for working out. It was, you know, the highlight of my days most days. It just was something I absolutely loved to do, uh, not because of the aesthetics, which were really great, don't get me wrong, but it, it was just how much I enjoyed the actual process of working out, which to me is something I really try to convey to people and my clients that like, when you fall in love with the process, it, this becomes this is this becomes something that's not punishment or something that you you have to do because you ate a cookie or had a piece of cake over the weekend. It's something that you look forward to doing. It's life changing when it gets to that point. Yeah, that's really inspiring to hear because I feel like for a lot of people, fitness in general is that punishment or it mm -hmm. is that oh no, I ate way too much this weekend. I had pizza and wings and beer and watched the game. Mm -hmm. And now I have to, you know, go kill myself on a cardio machine or something. Yes. Yeah. And I have to go do something I absolutely hate. Yeah. Where for me, I can't wait to work. I like, I, I really can't wait to do it. It's, it's so enjoyable for me. You know, it's a big part of what I do mm -hmm. uh, because I believe that there's a, there's a lot of good trainers out there. There's a lot of people that have technical skills that have knowledge that can give you a really great workout, but what else are they 
providing for you or what other you know service can you can you provide for people and for me it's helping people to switch that mindset into this is something miserable and i hate it or this is something that's enjoyable and i feel really good doing it and it's mm-hmm. a gift to my body and it's it's you know improving my health and i feel better and i sleep better and I make friends in this community and it's, it's so much more than just like, I need to lose weight or I need Mm -hmm. to work off that pizza, Mm -hmm. you know, because then it's, then it's miserable. And who wants to do it if it's miserable? Nobody. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's why, that's why people have that yo-yo, you know, Mm -hmm. they they come on, they fall off, they come on, they, you know, they Mm -hmm. start, they fall off because either they're, maybe they're not finding what they enjoy or, you know, their mindset is still, I have to do this because, you know, I've done something quote unquote bad. So now I have to sort of punish myself with this exercise. Well, and having that passion to do it too is so important because I have seen firsthand how hard you hustle and you personally, and just trainers in general, because it's not easy to be a personal mm-hmm. trainer. There is so much that goes into it. And I think that that's a common misconception with training mm-hmm. is you, you get you get certified, you get hired by a gym, boom, you have clients and now you're training and making money. And there's so much more that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the hustle is real. And one of the things for me that's difficult is it is so personal. You mm-hmm. know, you're literally putting yourself out there kind of on a platter. <laughs> yeah. And for me, there's such a, a, a personal attachment to it that it becomes an emotional roller coaster because mm-hmm. it's so much of yourself that's invested into it. It can be, you know, you, you have self-doubt one, one day, you know, not am I doing the right thing, but, but, you know, no, what if no one wants to train with me? And then mm-hmm. other days you're like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And everybody's totally getting what I'm putting out there and responding mm-hmm. to it. And then other times, because, you know, people have their own things and their own stuff going on in life, you know, maybe they fall off or they take a break or they aren't as enthusiastic. And because of that personal attachment and therefore that emotional kind of response to it, it's like, you know, it's, it's that emotional roller coaster as well. It can be, it can be uh, exhausting at times for yeah. that many other reasons. Well, not even just the investment too, but you are essentially selling yourself and your service. Yes. Like you are a service. So yes. if somebody rejects that service, it's hard not to take that personally yes. that they're rejecting you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're, no one likes rejection <laughs> no. on a personal level. And yes, that's exactly it. And over time, you have to develop the skills to not take that. I'm not quite there yet. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's hard. It's <laughs> It it's is. very hard. You you are so vulnerable. You put yourself in such a vulnerable position when you do that. Yes. It's it's incredibly courageous to put yourself out there like that. Thank you. I and I'm really I appreciate that you say that because and I appreciate that you see that because it it really and the more authentic I think you are, the more vulnerable you are. If you really expose yourself in an authentic way and really voice, you know, your philosophies and and your um, who you really are as a person, you're even more vulnerable because you know maybe you're going against the grain or maybe you know you're really you're really exposing yourself on a very personal level, which for me has been a challenge. I try to be as authentic as as I possibly can, but 
the the fear of vulnerability is also there as well. Uh, so I do it to a certain point, um, but I don't know that I fully exposed all of April out there for the world to see quite yet. <laughs> no, that's okay. I I would hazard a guess and say that none of us do. Yeah. That none of us put all of ourselves out there. Because if you did man, what a mess we all would be if we just walked around <laughs> like that constantly. No, this is true. This is true. I don't mean like all of my personal No, business. I know, I know. It's, it's uh, just more of like uh, how my philosophies, uh, right. which I feel are not necessarily represented a lot in the fitness industry because I do feel like a lot of the fitness industry is so image-based mm -hmm. and so based on aesthetics and so based on weight loss mm -hmm. and that being the pillar of success. And I, I really don't subscribe to that philosophy. Um, yes, I believe that health should be the number one factor um, but I also think that that comes in all different shapes and sizes and, and doesn't have to fit a specific model. Um, yeah. It's a big part of why I do what I do. So I kind of put that out there a little, a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that the fitness industry is experiencing a bit of a change and a bit of a transformation right now because there is a lot of the philosophy of mental health being mm -hmm. a huge part of it. I think that that we as a whole are going to start to see less and less of that old school way of thinking that, yeah, you need to be thin or you need to be like totally jacked or whatever to be yeah, that, viewed as right. healthy. The, the yeah. exterior yeah. is the most important thing. And, and what a lot of people don't realize too, is that some of some of, you know, the people that are out there that have that really idealistic exterior do a little, a lot of harmful mm -hmm. um, things to themselves to, to have that and are not necessarily as healthy mentally or physically as, as one might think. And I think the pandemic, to be quite honest, has really brought light to the mental health aspect of exercise. Yeah. Um, I think that that's been discussed quite a bit uh, because obviously, you know, here in Buffalo, we know that you know, gyms were the last to open mm -hmm. after the shutdown and we had to shut down again. And there's been a lot of attention drawn to the fact that people need this in their lives, mm -hmm. not just for the physical health, but for the mental health um, aspect, which is so true. I couldn't imagine my life without it. I, I yeah. couldn't. Yeah, there's definitely a huge link between the two. And I think that it is coming to light more and more. So what was the plan once you graduated? Did you always want to start your own business and own a gym or were you uh, looking to go into business with somebody or did you just want to go get a job at a gym? Like what was your plan? My plan when I graduated, um, so while I was in school is when I started training. Um, I had been doing that a couple of years when I graduated. And yeah, the, the plan was, the plan at the beginning of school, what that looked like, and the plan as I reached close, you know, as I got closer to graduation, that definitely looked very different. But it always entailed having my own space in some way. Um, I knew since the coffee shops that I, I wanted to be self-employed again. Again, I felt I'd learned a lot and I felt much more confident going into business again for myself through those lessons that I learned. So yes, I did want to have my own business. I knew that. Um, I was, when I graduated, um, I was working, I believe, at two different gyms and I was working mostly independently at that point. And, you know, I had my, my core group of clients that I was training 
Uh, I was still waitressing at the time too, uh, because like I said, as a trainer, you, you do have to hustle. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of trainers will work at multiple gyms and fitness facilities just to get by. So I was doing that and I met someone that I was discussing going into business with and uh, she and I were working on that for some time. And then basically the uh, pandemic hit and I had already been working on a business plan at at that point. Initially it was supposed to be um, with this other person, but I had put a lot of work into it. Uh, So when the pandemic hit, you know, obviously I was out of all of my jobs at that time, my two gym jobs and my waitressing job. So I had a lot of time to finish the business plan. I had a lot of time to do research that I needed to do um, to see how to get this business off of the ground. And I didn't have any jobs to go back to. At that point, one of the gyms I worked at closed down for good. The person I was supposed to go into business with, you know, that relationship didn't work out. So I was like, okay, well, I have one of two choices here. I can either once everything reopens, go find another gym job, or I can just give this thing a go. And thank goodness I had the time that I did because those months of preparation, I feel really put me in a good place to start the business. I mean, and and people might think it's crazy that I started a fitness business in the middle of a pandemic in Buffalo, New York, but I did because it just fell into place Mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. It, It really was laying itself out too perfectly to ignore. So I had to go for it. Yeah, I think that's a common theme um, with all the women I've talked to so far is that once you take that step, and the step can be as small as acknowledging that this is right, it all starts to fall into place. And it all starts, Mm -hmm. you know, each step leads to the next step. And it just almost seems too easy or good to be true. Yeah, everything just worked out the the best way it possibly could in in the best case, let alone in this pandemic. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for the people who, who, who support the business. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that had you not had the experience with the coffee shop and both of those, both of them, do you think that you would have been prepared or in a mindset to be your own boss again? No, 100% not. I truly do not look at anything as failures. I truly do Mm -hmm. not look at anything from a negative perspective, I look at everything as a, as a, as a, as an opportunity to learn. So when those businesses, you know, quote unquote failed, Mm -hmm. they didn't in my mind, because I learned so much to be in a better position now. Like I know what to hand off to other people and hire other people for. When I did the coffee shops, I, I thought I could work seven days a week you know, I was working a job on top of it. Um, I was trying to be, you know, the bookkeeper. I was trying to be, you know, the best employee. I was trying to be everything. It was insane. Yeah. Not possible. So now I know I learned how to delegate. I know what to delegate so that I can just excel at what I'm good at, which is providing the actual service. So everything else I'm like, okay, hire this person, that person Mm -hmm. to handle. I would have never known any of that. I wouldn't have known, you know, what things I need to have in order. I it just, it was such a huge, huge lessons for me. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they were building blocks to set, to set you up to be successful. Yes. And I think that's Every, where a lot of people get hung up. Right. 
you put your soul into something and it doesn't work out and then you can never do anything else again. Yeah. And, and looking back, you know, I thought that's what I was meant to do, Mm -hmm. Uh, but looking back, no, I I clearly was not, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't know that unless that happened, which led me to being in a bad financial place, which led me to take this job that I hated, which pushed me to go back to school. You know, everything happened in the way that it was meant to happen to get me to this exact point now. And had none of those things occurred in the exact way that they did, who knows where I would be in this moment. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to to turn around and say, whoa, that was quite the journey, but like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh it's been a, such a, a wonderful learning experience each each step of the way. Even the pandemic, you know, learning so much through this process, you know, that I'm sure will just wor- benefit me later on, you know, of how to adapt very quickly, of how to be appreciative for the smallest little things. Uh, yeah. because I think that I hope I hope that's something that almost everyone takes out of this experience, regardless of where they are that, you know, to be, to be grateful for the things that you do have. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that if any good comes out of this, it is that we had to slow down as a collective and we were stripped of all of the glitz and glamor and extras that we had been filling our lives with that didn't actually matter. And we're being pulled back into our mental health and our physical health Mm -hmm. and what actually matters. And I, yeah, I think that that is the silver lining of this pandemic. And I hope so the, the importance of human connection um, because we had to go without it. And to me, that is the, the glue, you know, of, of what I do as well is connection. The first class that I did, you know, after the lockdown, it was, you know, to see people in person and to be able mm-hmm. to train people in person. I, oh my, that, that feeling was so amazing. I thought, wow, I didn't realize how much I miss people, but yeah. I really, really did. And to be able to have that energy exchange and to be able to feed off them and them to feed off me. And it was such a, such an amazing feeling to be able to do that after so many months of not having human connection other than, you know, through, and and I'm grateful for the technology that we have to be able to do, mm-hmm. you know, Zoom and, and all of that, but nothing beats in person. Nothing beats that real connection with yeah. people. We, I definitely think, and I am speaking for myself that I took that for granted in a really <laughs> large way. And I did not realize it until it was taken away. I agree. So what would you say is one of your biggest struggles with having your own business and your own gym? From a business perspective, definitely exposure, letting people know I even exist. I mean, I'm still so new. I've only been there for three months now. And again, in a pandemic. So, you know, just know, letting people know that I, I'm there, which, you know, I could do a little more marketing outside of social media, which is primarily what I what I do right now. And I guess maybe from a, I don't want to say from a uh, personal standpoint, but one of the biggest struggles I think is sort of uh, that that perspective shift of your clients um, and people that come to you. You know, really trying, really focusing on more exterior goals and trying to help them kind of focus more uh, from the from a health perspective or from a holistic perspective or from uh, 
a confidence perspective, one of the things I talk a lot about is, uh, you know, social conditioning, especially with, with women, I believe that, you know, the focus is always on our bodies, what's wrong with our bodies, Mm -hmm. how can we change our bodies, and so much of the focus is on that, that if there's not an immediate result in that area, there's a lot of discouragement. So kind of, you know, trying to, to help people change that perspective is a, is a very big challenge um, yeah. because we've just been conditioned for so long uh, to think that way, myself included. Trust me, it took mm-hmm. a really long time for me to, and, and even I still struggle, you know, in all honesty, I can still have issues with myself, um, my body, because it's, it's so ingrained in, in us from so many different avenues, you know, we're just bombarded with it for so long. So that, that's a bit of a struggle. And that's one of the things though, that like, I'm incredibly passionate about is trying to break that mold, break mm-hmm. that mindset. Yeah. I, I really feel that because I remember as young as my like preteen and early teen years, secretly buying diet pills and hiding them from my parents because Mm -hmm. I was starting to go through puberty. And now all of a sudden I'm not this tall string bean anymore. I actually have like mass on me and what does this mean? And I'm not pretty. And you know, you do, you hear it Mm -hmm. all from the time you're young until until the second you take your last breath, like there's just an entire capitalist wing dedicated to making women need things that make them better. There's billions and billions and billions of dollars spent on, you know, us finding things wrong with ourselves and trying to improve that. I feel like I have so much further to go in exploring that avenue of helping people too, Mm -hmm. you know, just helping people live healthier lives in general. I think the important thing is what is the intention of your change? Is it coming out of a hatred for a certain aspect or hatred might be a big, a big word or a discomfort or a Mm -hmm. dislike of yourself in some way because you're being told, or is it because you want to enjoy time with your young kids or you have a goal in mind? Like where, where are those changes coming from? You're getting winded coming up the stairs and you want to change that. Yeah, You're lethargic all day and you want more energy. Really too, for me, it is also enjoying not just the result, but the process. Like my, my new tag phrase is love the process as much as the results, which Mm -hmm. to me is, is instrumental is um, loving the fact that, yes, this does help me have a better quality of life. Well, and I think too, once those things happen, it starts to snowball and then you see it branch 100%. out into yeah, yes. other aspects of your life. And yes. Yeah. Do you think that by helping others and by preaching and embodying that vision that it helps you subconsciously? Cause you said you do still struggle with that as well. Like your body image and stuff. And- yes. Yeah. I want to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to just talk the talk. You know, I really do want, one of the big things for me is always is authenticity is being very genuine is being, you know, I'm not just saying this because I think that it's something you need to hear. I'm saying this because I truly believe it. And then, and no one is going to be perfect. And, and I want people to know that as well, that 
you're going to have days that you, you know, might have these negative thoughts or fall off your routine or whatever else may happen. And that's okay too, you know, and that, that doesn't make you a bad person either. But for me, it really has been creating um, more self-awareness within myself and paying attention to, to my, my thoughts and my reactions and my behavior and where my stuff comes from. If I, I know where my stuff comes from, I can relate to more people on an authentic level and say, yes, I've experienced that myself. You might look at me and think I haven't, but I trust me, I, I have. Yeah. And, and this is you know, kind of what I've done to, to help with that. And it may work for you and it may not work for you, but yeah. I, I will offer it up. <laughs> so do you have any tips or how did you stay motivated in the beginning? And do you stay motivated now, especially through this pandemic? Like what, what are ways that people can start to slowly change that mindset? Yeah, for me, it's, um, it, it is so ingrained in who I am that without it, I'm I don't want to say I'm lost, but for me, it really wasn't a problem to stay motivated in the pandemic just because it is so much part of my ingrained in my life, mm -hmm. but it's been many years in the making. So one of the things that I, I talk, when I talk to clients, especially people starting out is don't think about it as a totality. Don't think about long-term. Don't think about it as, oh my God, I have to do this for years or months or even into next week. Take it step by step, like get through one day at a time, get through one workout at a time. You know, when you don't feel like doing the workout, just, okay, I'm going to do 10 minutes of a workout, then 10 minutes happens and okay, 10 more minutes. And then, mm -hmm. okay, I got through that today. And then the next day, you know, do the same thing so that days turn into months, months turn into years. And I'm not saying don't have goals like, you know, in a year, I want to be able to do this 10 mile hike or whatever, but just break it up into small increments. And then that's one thing. And um, so you don't get overwhelmed. So you don't right. think of like, oh my God, this is so hard. How am I going to do this right. week after week? Take it day by day. Um, and the other thing is try not to, to get too discouraged if you fall off of that. If you you know, don't work out for a day or a week, say, ah, forget it. Ugh, I can't, this is, I can't do this. Try to wake up. The, the next day and, and get back on your routine. Uh, but that's harder. That's, I should say it's easier said than done. It, right. it is easier said than done. Uh, but for me, how I have developed any healthy habit or gotten through anything is really just taking it moment by moment and focusing on what I need to do then. If I need to get that workout in now, if I need to do whatever it is, worry about that in that moment. Don't think about tomorrow or the next week or that, you know, mm -hmm. just get through, especially at least in the beginning. And then it does become, ideally, it becomes so ingrained in your life that it just is and there is no other way. Yeah. I mean, I am not good with finances at all, but it kind of reminds me of like saving up for something. You're not just going to have $500 one day to buy something. You mm -hmm. have to start putting away and maybe you start with your spare change and then your spare change turns into a couple bucks. And you know, you, yes. you just start to appreciate that you have this goal that you're working towards and you, you know, you just have to start with that small stuff first. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, they, because we live in, in that immediate gratification mm -hmm. culture, society, you know, it's like, and everything is marketed to you 30 days, do mm -hmm. this, you know, mm -hmm. everything, which no, 
no, you know, again, yes. Can you lose some weight in 30 days in a really unhealthy way? Yes. But this, the idea behind this, as far as I'm concerned, is a, is a lifestyle based. It is very, you know, it is for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's not for the next 30 days or 60 days or year. It's hopefully forever in a way that you enjoy and whatever that is. But, you know, to try to not get discouraged again, you know, I didn't, you know, lose mm-hmm. the 15 pounds and I can't do 20 pull-ups after a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I give up. It just, yeah. it doesn't, it's just not, it's not going to work like that. And, and we, and it, that's constantly marketed to us, you know, right. that we're, we're bombarded with those messages. So it's not a surprise and I don't judge people for that, but that mindset is just going to, again, keep you on the, the, the Ferris wheel on the yo-yo of on and off, on and off, right. on and off. I start to make changes when I get pissed off about something. So maybe yeah. that's like, yeah, how these, dare you tell me that right. I'm not good enough? Like, shit. yes, like, yeah. Or, you know, what I'm doing isn't valuable because I haven't achieved the results that you mm-hmm. think that I should achieve. Right. So what's in store for the future of AE Fit? You know, I envision a lot of things for the future and I believe in the success of the, of the business, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a, a rough patch for a while, but for me, you know, there is no alternative, but to be successful because this is what I'm believe I'm meant to do uh, in my, in my life. I really do envision a healthy, happy fitness community all coming together and enjoying the time that we spend together. I, I just always have these visions of just, you know, people smiling and having a good time and really enjoying what they're doing and really enjoy being with each other. You know, this is, this is post, post COVID, of course, right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we can all come together. I really would like to be able to, to hire on some other trainers eventually and, and be able to grow not only in this location, but maybe other locations in the future. Something mm-hmm. I definitely think about. Yeah. Um, I just really would like to create a unique and enjoyable community and space for people to come together and again, enjoy the process and be able to feel safe and be able to feel welcomed and included and not like uncomfortable or embarrassed Mm -hmm. or shamed in any way. I I think that that's really important how you said that you want to create a safe and inclusive community because- I know how intimidating it is to walk into a gym and to feel like, A, I don't know what I'm doing and B, everybody else knows what they're doing except mm-hmm. me, except it's a total lie. Nobody, cause they don't, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> trust me. But having a safe place that you can go and learn these things, I think that that's really great. And I'm, I'm really happy that you're well on your way. And I promise I'm going to get my butt to one of your classes. I know it's okay. <laughs> Where can people find you? So they can find me at aefit716.com. I'm also on Instagram, aefit716, Facebook, aefit716. So any one of those options. Right now, I'm doing a hybrid. Um, So I'm doing online classes and in-person classes simultaneously. So you can do the same class either at home or come into the studio. My space is very limited in the studio, an infinite amount of people, you know, through Zoom. And training sessions, I'm also offering online and in person. But all of that, like I said, can be found on the website. And anybody who's interested can 
can email me, text me, call me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and open and telling us your story. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thank you again to April for being so open and so vulnerable. Definitely check out her website if you're interested in learning about training or taking any of her classes. All of her information will be down in the show notes for you. This is the last episode of 2020. Kind of crazy to say that. It does not feel like it's December, but it is. So I hope that you all enjoy the holidays, however they may look this year. And I'll see you in 2021. Later, babes. Thank you.